welcome to Popcorn Optional, a weekly movies podcast where we talk all things movies. This week we are reviewing A Star is Born, the fourth film in Hollywood's hottest franchise dating back all the way to 1937. Uh, but before we get to our review, we have some news uh, to talk Wait, about. I thought I thought we were reviewing we were reviewing the soundtrack for A Star is Born. No, sorry, that's we what I meant. The movie? No, no, just the soundtrack with the okay. um, dialogue tracks. Right, it's basically the movie. Right. So, we'll just review It's that. as close as you can get to the movie without watching the movie. Which is which is what we all want from a soundtrack. Right, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, we got some news to talk. Um, we got a hard question to answer um, that's been presented to us by Jake. And then uh, we'll end with our content of the week. My name is Cameron Salina, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jake Brown and Trevor Allison. Good evening. Well, I'm going to do this whole podcast talking about Bradley Cooper. <laughs> there was an early draft of this episode where I tried to find a way to work in every song title into the conversation somehow. <laughs> La Vie and Rose I mean, was a little know, difficult. That sounds like a pretty location. shallow That sounds like a pretty shallow topic for you to cover, Cam. Well, that, that, yeah. Um, but, you know. I don't know if we'll, we want to always be remembered that way. Is that all right? <laughs> let's let's get to some news before i cry oh my also God. hair body face yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. um as we were about to well today i guess as of the recording of this on tuesday october 9th uh james gunn is writing suicide squad 2 james gunn famous for guardians of the galaxy 1 and 2 and was fired earlier this summer for some tweets that he had tweeted a while ago. How long ago was that? Like eight years ago. Um, and Gavin O'Connor was attached to direct, um, but left slash put it on the back burner earlier this year to pursue other creative projects, whatever you want to take from that. Um, Gavin O'Connor, famous for directing the Ben Affleck film The Accountant, uh, the MMA film Warrior, as well as the hockey film Miracle about the 1980s Olympics. Um, We don't know right now if it's a sequel or a reboot. Boris Kitt from The Hollywood Reporter, who's the original reporter that broke the news, did say, though, that it will not be a sequel and that Gunn will have a whole new take on it but doesn't know whether or not that involves the same cast or... uh, crew type thing so well, i mean is this what does this mean for the dceu is this good news is this kind of like picking up marvel marvel's trash what, what do you guys think uh man the amount of speculation about the dceu on whether it's trash or not trash or i don't know i mean, who freaking knows and who over there knows what they're doing that's right. like those are the two questions this just seems like a hail mary in James Gunn's direction because like, yeah, he made guardians and that worked out and we don't know what we're doing. So I don't know. Like, is it, is it weird? Yes. Do I wish he was doing guardians instead? Yes. Will this be better than the original suicide squad? Probably. So like, I guess it's, that won't be that hard. (laughs) Yeah. But overall it's just, it's, it's weird. DCEU is a disaster. I, aside from cash money, I don't know why James Gunn <laughs> wants to do this. Yeah. Surely this... he has, like, 
he's at a point now where if you let, I guess if you let, I don't feel like there was a whole bunch of public backlash forcing Disney to fire him, um, which makes it all that much weirder, except for like, I don't know, Ted Cruz's Twitter account for some reason. <laughs> um, but besides that, I don't know why, like he could, he could get the money to make any movie he wanted right now. Like maybe wait a year for a cool off period or something. But why does he want to, even if he doesn't want to, it's going to be termed as or called fixing part of the DCEU or fixing Suicide Squad. I just don't understand why he wants to do that. Yeah, so here's here's my thought on this. James Gunn was a lot more involved in the MCU than I think a lot of people realize. Yes, he directed Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, but he was also in charge of the cosmic side of the D- of the MCU, much like how like he was like second in command to Kevin Feige. So it's a lot bigger of a hit for Marvel than just losing a director. It's not like they just like fired John Favreau after Iron Man 2. It's they lost a big creative component. My thought with this almost is if Gunn ends up signing, like, does this film and then is like, you know what? Yeah, I think I can run a whole thing and direct. And then Gunn takes over this DCEU. That's a huge win for DC. Like, that's that's somebody in the driver's seat that actually knows what they're doing. And has proven with his past two movies that he's got an eye for not only superheroes, but visually what people want. Um story-wise what people want it, I, this to me is if this ends up panning out how they want it to is a pretty good get for them so <coughs> we'll see what ends up coming from this um could be just a script maybe he directs we'll see um let's now go to hard questions with jake jake raised a hard question to us this week uh <laughs> via text so jake what, what was the hard question yeah, I guess this is this is a new segment. Instead of uh, hot takes, we're going to do this instead because I feel like this makes more sense. Um, <laughs> my my hot take question, which will spawn a conversation, hopefully, is is Netflix worth it anymore at $11 a month? Because every time I go on Netflix, I feel like I just kind of click around and then close it. I, I'm I'm not feeling like my $11 a month is bringing me that much value, except for occasionally rewatching some classic shows that I like. Um, yeah, the original stuff, I feel like, is what they're focusing on, and they're having a pretty low hit-to-miss ratio. So, yeah, is Netflix still worth it? So, first of all, I want to say that I dropped my Netflix because Whoa. NCIS New Orleans only has its back episodes on <laughs> CBS All Access. Don't joke about CBS so. All Access because all 36 seasons of Survivor are on there. So, some of us have CBS All Access, Trevor. <laughs> I want to. I also want to give a message to CBS if you're listening. I would watch the Star Trek show if it wasn't on your stupid CBS-only platform. So. Yeah. Star the Trek opposite of what you good. wanted to happen is happening. Um, no, yeah, I think I think Netflix is still worth it. I say that as someone who used to pay eight dollars a month for one DVD a month and all the streaming that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's worth it because either 
office or parks and rec is playing on a loop in my house <laughs> pretty consistently yeah and that's worth it almost exclusively for those two things um but but i, I do think netflix has a bit of a um original content problem and the problem is is that they spend a bunch of money on their original content and it looks beautiful and it's very fine fine being like like, i think think it's just meh okay or like man that's fine no no like in the in the not as good way okay so i think the crown is the best example of this so they spent somewhere reportedly like six or seven million dollars an episode on the crown and it shows the crown is absolutely beautiful it looks great claire foy is great in it but the show is not interesting yes it's like oh my gosh it's life is so hard for the queen she's the queen everything is tough yes i just like i just don't get it i i we watched i think six or seven episodes and i couldn't watch anymore yeah, um, same with that show Mindhunter. Like hmm. I that's that stuff that I find is fascinating. You have uh David Fincher like directing the first episode and overseeing the series and the first episode is an hour long. And at the f- end of the first hour of your show, I should be like, "Holy crap. I got to watch all of this right now." <laughs> but no, instead at the end I was like, I feel nothing for any of these characters or any of these things happening. I just wasted an hour of my life. And I mean, obviously (laughs) that's my opinion, but the only Netflix original show that I've felt that with really in terms of like drama, high quality production stuff is stranger things. Um, they, they have other shows that are like cool. Like black mirror is fantastic. Not a Netflix original Netflix currently owns it. And now sees the overproduct over or like oversees the production, but anything that's like come as an original out of Netflix besides Stranger Things, I haven't been super impressed with. Even though people keep telling me to watch it over and over again, yeah, and especially as as the movie options on Netflix kind of wane a little bit, yeah. I think that worse it and makes. Worse. Um, makes HBO even more attractive to me, which I've talked about. Um, I'm going to be moving to HBO now um, soon just because I have a daughter and I want her to watch Sesame Street. And <laughs> that was, I mean, case it, like HBO buying Sesame Street is one of the great business decisions of the 21st century um, for that reason. Exactly. But, but I mean, with that comes, you know, movies before they go everywhere else. Um, not only do they have more movies, they have them before other places do. So, so yeah, I, it is up in the air. I, I have dropped my Hulu recently because, um, I'm just going to try to stream stuff through network websites and not worry about my $12 a month for Hulu. Um, cause there's not enough on there. I mean, there's Seinfeld, which is great, but I've seen it all so much. I might come back to it, you know, sometime, but not right now. So I, I've had the debate, Jake. I, I lean towards just barely yes right now. But say if, if they were to drop like Office and Parks, it would be that would change the equation quite a bit for me. Yeah. So what what things do you guys subscribe to currently? Or what streaming services? Hmm. I am I'm currently subscribed to Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, because I'm an Amazon Prime member, so yeah, I have Amazon Video, which is surprisingly great. That's what I, like, 
that's one of the reasons why I'm considering ditching Netflix because the selection on Amazon Prime Video is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a subscriber to HBO, and then I get this like deal on Hulu, which is why we subscribed. We like did this like family bundle thing with Spotify and Hulu with our in-laws, so it's like super cheap. Um, but yeah, Hulu is fine. And I don't understand why I still have to watch advertisements. So I probably wouldn't subscribe to Hulu Hulu if it wasn't for that deal that we have. Hulu is, it's, it's, it's main function to me is for cord cutters who still want something equivalent to a DVR. Yeah. So you, so you can watch your ongoing shows. Yeah. It's great for like Uh, Brooklyn nine, nine SNL stuff like that. Right. Right. So yeah, I have we have Netflix. I've I mean I've had Netflix for I don't know like nine years now. I guess yeah, <laughs> rolling on still. Um, I have Amazon Prime. Um, I see the Amazon Prime Video as just like an extra bonus. Um, my wife runs a small business, so we would have Amazon Prime for shipping stuff no matter what. Um, so that's not really. But like you said, Jake, that that kind of makes it a little bit in some ways better in the equation than Netflix because I don't ha- it's not extra money that I'm spending mm-hmm. on TV. It's just something I'm going to have anyway. Yeah. And, um, like I said, HBO is coming in the future. Just kind of determine when, um, my daughter can sit down in front of the TV and actually pay attention to it. Um, you'd be surprised. Happens, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. Uh, when that happens, um, HBO will be coming, which means, um, We'll be also classic catching up on all the classic HBO series that we haven't seen. So maybe when we go to HBO, we'll drop the Netflix or at least put it on hold for a little while. So I don't know. So I have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Go, CBS All Access, something else. Dude, Can't you just remember. need to get a cable subscription. <laughs> <laughs> no, so and see, a DVR. We, don't, we don't have cable, um, and I kind of like it that way, but as I look, like I'm sitting here scrolling through Netflix's uh, catalog, I guess you'd say, and I, I mean, I'll be honest, there's quite a bit that I watch on Netflix that's original stuff. Like, I watch all of the Marvel Defender shows, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, um... Troll Hunters, Voltron, Stranger Things. There's quite a, and then like there's some movies that are exciting, like the new um, Jeremy Saulnier film, the guy who did Green Room with Anton Yelkin. Uh, his new film, Hold the Dark, is on uh-huh. there. Um, there's some like exciting things on there, and then you guys also brought up, you know, there's Office and Parks. Um, and so that's that's very much worth it. At eleven dollars to me, it's kind of like it seems worth it. I don't. What's the price point for you guys at which you would drop this? See, I I don't really know, but I I I try to term things as far as at home entertainment. I try to term things as like a dollar per hour being the limit that I want to pay for entertainment so like a dollar per hour per month so like do you watch this 11 hours per month uh at this point probably Hmm. and there's always like there's as i look through my list of things like i want to watch there's tons of movie like good places on here i want to watch that at some point there's movies like the shining and seven godfather part two things like that that i've never seen that i'd like to see 
Um, I've never seen Mad Men. That's on here. So, yeah, I mean, there's... And I will say, Netflix does a great job with the stand-up comedy realm. Uh, mm-hmm. Between, like, Chappelle's work, uh, John Mulaney's work. There's always new... Like, all of Bo Burnham's work is on here. There's tons of stuff. Uh, for me, it's like, once it... If it was to ever go above $15 at what it is right now. And that being said, like $11 is the middle option. There is an option at $8, but it's only for one screen at a time and you can't do HD. So it's really like $11 is your best option. Um, I would love 9 or $10 right. for one screen at a time and HD. Right. It's Yeah. I don't I think I think if it got to $15, I would probably cancel my subscription. Yeah, I, I I agree. Now that you're saying it, I think that's probably the number for me too. That's what HBO costs, right? I think it's yeah, but the great you thing get about, so much with HBO, yeah. there's right, so many right. movies and original documentaries and whatnot. It's and Barry, and Barry. you also get Barry. Guys, guys, Don't forget Barry. Barry. Oh my gosh! Barry. Wait, is it another opportunity so for Jake good. to plug Barry? <laughs> it's the best. It, uh, just watch it. So Wait, if Jake is going to plug Barry, I have to tell you, Cam, you should not watch another television show until you watch Mad Men. Really? You, yeah, you really shouldn't. I didn't know you hadn't seen it. Here's my hard thing with, with TV shows that I haven't seen. It's I, I think I've talked about this before. It's hard for me to commit to one because I feel like in watching one, I'm going to be watching all episodes. And so it's like this daunting task of sitting down and being like, okay, I'm committing to watching 100 hours of this TV show. Unless I, I really hate it. I the same fear, but like a little different in terms of like, I get so excited, I think, because people have hyped it up so much that I'm like, is this mm. going to be worth the commitment? Right. You know? So. Yeah. I, that's something that's changed for me recently. This is sort of on topic. I know that I think we, when we started this podcast, I talked about how I was like the TV guy and I liked TV more than movies. I think I've swung back to movies now. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if that's having a kid and having some more constraints on my time. Um, well, I just, part of that is that, like, I feel like the movie selection this year has been so good. Yeah, and I think that I think we've talked about this too. A TV kind of peaked like in 2011. Yeah, I think that may have been 2013. About that year. I th- like right as like Breaking Bad was finishing, Mad Men was at its hype. Uh, yeah, there was like a so bunch I of things going on around there. Since then, I don't think there's quite the shows that have been to that level yeah. and even the ones that maybe were at that level at that point like game of thrones have not fizzled but are not what they were there's almost totally too agree. much now it's for me it's like i would rather watch like a 22 minute sitcom and a two-hour movie than like start a one hour per episode drama or something yeah because it's like i can i can like have fun with the officer parks or whatever and those are kind of like just random episodes you can drop in have a good time get out in 20 minutes or it's like i can watch this self-contained story for two hours be in and out and be done and have this great time with these characters versus like like i've i've watched season one of game of thrones i'm one of the weird people that decided to not keep watching it after watching season one and i look at it now and i'm just like oh my god that's like 75 hours of my life that I would have to spend basically to watch this show. Is that worth it? Like, 
I'd rather but just even, watch a two-hour movie or watch Lord of the Rings for like right. twelve hours, and then I'm done. You know. <laughs> but even like, so there's that new show Maniac starring Jonah Hill and Emma Stone on Netflix, and I really want to watch that. It looks really good, but I just can't commit like eight hours to watch. It's hard for me to mentally be like, I have to sit and watch it for eight hours. Whereas mm-hmm. like American Vandal, like Jake said, is a twenty-minute episode, and there's eight of them. It's almost like watching a you know two and a half hour comedy film yeah so yeah, there you go um okay so let's let's do this if you guys are ranking the subscription services right now what's the ranking Ooh. so I'll, for I'll, me I'll, I'll, i can go ahead because i think okay. this is a hard thing because i have hbo go through amazon prime it was like a deal that got set up a while ago and i think it's like I pay $10 a month through Amazon Prime for HBO Go. Um, so I, I always classify those as one. And if those are one, then Amazon Prime kills everything else. Um, <laughs> well, ne- sure. Netflix is probably second. I don't watch as much as Hulu. Like, as we were sitting here talking, I was like, what do I watch on Hulu? What am I, like, going to Hulu to watch? And I really don't know. Um, so Hulu's last. And I don't count CBS All Access in that because that's a single channel thing i will say though i'm very excited for disney's service because there's a bunch of new stuff that's coming to that as well as like their whole catalog of everything they've ever done i yeah i think that's that's gonna be a a must if only for the back catalog yeah um not to mention the mandalorian right especially directed by taika waititi I, I presume that, I mean, we, I mean, Clone Wars and Rebels are going to move over there. Yep. Um, I presume that they may not have all the classic movies, but I think there's going to be some of the movies. Um, From what I've also, read, it will be a majority. That's the word that's been put out is a majority okay. of their back catalog. I, I'm also guessing that the 30 for 30s are going to be on there too. No, those will stay on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot they're on Plus. Yeah. Oh, that's one of the things. I have ESPN Plus. We didn't talk about... I, I forgot to talk about that. Is it worth it? Um, I like e, I like ESPN Plus. Um, it's $5 a month. Um, I forgot the 30 for 30s were on there. That's a bonus. Um, <laughs> but I, I got it for MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch any MLS game that's not on ESPN or FS1 um, through ESPN Plus. So that's the main reason I got it. Um, I definitely get my dollar per hour entertainment out of that per month. Mm-hmm. You also get what what used to be called ESPN Insider on the website. You get access to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of writers that I like who I didn't read for a couple of years because they were behind the paywall, and um, so that's kind of a nice thing too. Um, in my opinion, the only writers worth reading on ESPN are behind the paywall. Okay, so Trevor, what's your ranking so, of uh, streaming services? Um, I would say number one is Amazon Prime because for what I pay for it, which I see as being nothing, it has a lot of content um, and a lot of stuff that I like. Um, then probably Netflix, then probably um, ESPN Plus, then Hulu. Mm. And I actually just suspended my Hulu account for the maximum, like 12 weeks or whatever today. I did that today while I was thinking about all this. <laughs> Jake, what about you? I, what I did is I went to make sure that new episodes streamed from the NBC website of The Good Place every week. Oh, okay. And, 
they are there so i'm gonna plug my computer into the tv do it the old-fashioned college way wait guys hurricane heist is now on netflix so oh, man. game changer there's your, all right there's Here's your line no <laughs> no uh awesome um mine would be i agree amazon is probably number one um just because, like the value that i get for being an amazon prime member uh and to have like the quality of what is on amazon prime be so good for what even i even though the price the has increased yeah even though the price has increased 50 percent in the last two years i know but just like it's still worth it we're typical millennials and use amazon all the time for stuff right. and so right uh but just like the quality of movies and the quality of TV shows that are on there consistently is, I think, higher than the Netflix or Hulu, um, at least in terms of like quality of content, which as busy as I am these days, I try and be intentional about when I'm going to watch something. I want it to be of quality where I'm, I'm learning and taking things in. Um, after that, it would probably be a tie between HBO and Netflix um if netflix loses the office and parks it is immediately being canceled um (laughs) and then after that i would say it's hulu um we we have hulu because it's like bundled with spotify and everything and that that's fine um and we're watching fargo and a few shows on there right now but once we finish those we'll probably cancel our hulu subscription are both of you guys going to subscribe to the disney service when it comes out next year yeah, probably. <laughs> Since I don't have a kid, it just de- depends. Um, on depends what they, on what's yeah. on there. Like if there's if we had tons of new kid, content that they're bringing. Yeah, if we had a, a young kid like you guys do, absolutely, we would like subscribe <laughs> to the Disney streaming service. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that being said, right now Netflix isn't worth canceling, but maybe it will be someday soon if they drop netflix or the drop not drop netflix netflix can't drop netflix that wouldn't make sense way to go cam <laughs> do your job hosting Jeez. um if netflix was to drop the office or parks and rec or raise their prices above 15 dollars, so let us know what your thoughts are if you're in the same boat as far as you think you'll cancel it soon or there is a breaking point at which you will cancel it Um, That's all we have, though. And let's now get to our review of A Star is Born, Um, the directorial debut from Bradley Cooper, of all people, which is kind of just a weird sentence to say. I don't think if you had asked me when I watched Wedding Crashers back in the day, if, (laughs) hey, is that guy going to direct a movie someday? I'd probably say no or yeah but it's gonna be really weird and really bad and uh it's neither of those things so let's go ahead and just kind of get to our general thoughts on a star is born jake what are your thoughts oh my goodness um so this was a movie that i definitely was hyped on you like you look at the cast and the trailers were were good the music coming out of the trailers were good um i had pretty high expectations and this film wildly exceeded those expectations. This, uh, oh my goodness, this movie blew me away. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I hadn't seen the other versions of A Star is Born, so I really knew nothing about this film. I'm a huge Streisand fan. 
um, and you know, I'd, I'd seen Lady Gaga in some small TV things and obviously she's a fantastic performer. Um, but man, she is a force of nature guys. I mean, in this movie, she's incredible. Bradley Cooper's everybody involved is incredible. Um, we can get more into the details of like who brought it when and why and why it's so amazing. But I absolutely love this movie. I've been singing the songs nonstop since I saw it on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, this, this is easily, easily top three movies I've seen this year. So I'm I'm super high on it, and the more I think about it, the more I love it. So yeah, Trevor. Yeah, when I when I f- I watched it last night, when I first came out of it, I thought this is a really good movie, not a great movie. Um, but I but it's been growing on me the more that I think about it, and I can't get this movie out of my head. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about the music. I listened to the soundtrack this morning, the version without the dialogue. I don't even want to go into that. I don't want <laughs> to listen to that. That sounds weird. Um, the music is fantastic. The work that um, Lady Gaga did, the work that Lucas Nelson did, and Jason Isbell, and Mark Ronson, and Andrew Wyatt, and Bradley Cooper apparently has some songwriting credits here too. Yeah. Um, so the the music is fantastic. This might be the best collection of like a music, not like a musical, but a movie about music that we've ever had. All I'm going to say um, is this is for sure going to win best musical or comedy at the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's not it's a either comedy. one of them. <laughs> you guys didn't think this was funny? No, th- this guys, is, th- there's some very funny stuff hair, in this movie. Hair, body, face. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, okay, so, so George, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Lady Gaga is astoundingly good she's fantastic i think that there are a few things where if this had not been bradley cooper's first movie would have been a little cleaner and tighter maybe um i don't think it's perfect or like a insanely transcendent film but i think it's really really good and i really enjoyed it so i i walked out like not i didn't walk out like halfway through this movie I, th- I had this like thought to myself of like is this good or is this just like the most like self-indulgent pretentious art like thing of all time and i like wrestled with this thought of like of that for like a little bit and then um lady gaga saying always remember us this way and i forgot everything that i had thought before <laughs> and um yeah this is I don't. I haven't thought about a movie this much since Annihilation, which I thought about for completely different reasons. That was like trying to analyze and like break down plot points and like clues and all these different things. I I feel like I th- thought about this on like a like emotional level that I haven't thought about a movie on in a long time. It's it's an incredibly beautiful and haunting movie and how it paints this relationship between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, which I still feel weird saying Lady Gaga. Like I'm surprised they didn't go like the Dwayne, the rock Johnson route and be like, Stephanie, Lady Gaga, Germanata. It's like, Nope, Lady Gaga, <laughs> which is funny. Cause like at the presser, her name, like it was like B Cooper S Elliot. It was L Gaga. And I was like, that's <laughs> okay. 
we're committing. Um, <laughs> like, who typed those out? Come on. <laughs> you got to know that whatever intern did that was like, uh, wh- what do we, we, what do we put? El Gaga. <laughs> um, the music's great. The acting's great. I think Bradley Cooper does a fantastic job. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but one of the most amazing things about this film is how intimate it feels. Like the whole movie is like just these two characters pretty much. There's so much yeah. going on around them, but it's just them. And I, I, I walked out of this like amazed at how intimate it felt for how big these characters are. Uh, so job well done, Bradley Cooper. Um, I want to talk about the marketing for a second because when I got home and I told my wife how much I loved this, she made a comment about how, like how was it similar to the marketing or not? Cause there's some cheesy parts in the marketing. And I, I on this podcast have made fun of the trailer, you know, the whole like, Hey, what? I just want to get another look at you type thing. Um, <laughs> which is like, uh, in the trailer, a terror, like it just doesn't work whatsoever in the context of the movie. That is like a beautiful little cap to open up to like end the third, like the first act. And it's, I, I, I'm frustrated with myself for having written like that part off because in the movie, when that happened, I like laughed to myself going, Oh, you idiot. If, course it works perfectly in the movie (laughs) and i feel that way about so many other things in the trailer that it's like the trailer i went back and watched even the trailer is really just like the first half the first third of the movie and then the trailer doesn't show anything else which is amazing did you guys feel like the movie that you got was the same movie that was marketed yeah, I was I was pretty kind of pleased with how those interplay. I think I've talked about how this trailer just blew me away. I've probably watched this trailer more times than any trailer of the past several years. Maybe the most since uh, Spider-Man 3, one of the great trailers oh, of all gosh. time. So one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I thought I, I was... I was previously skeptical about this film, just like hearing the, the specifics on it. But once I saw the trailer, I was hooked. I was in... Um, heard the music in the trailer. Um, yeah, I, I have, I have no issue with it and, and kind of talk about you were in along the same lines, Cam. I think that there's a, there's several things in this film that like the cynical part of me might think were cheesy or derivative, but everything is just so authentic and honest that it all works together. Um, so that's, I don't want to get super off track, but that just kind of made me think of that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I I liked the trailer. I definitely agree with you, Cameron, that there were some moments in the trailer that were like, oh, that's a little hokey, that's a little cheesy. Um, but I totally agree with Trevor in the film. They absolutely work 100%. Okay, so let's, let's talk cast because that's obviously the part that everybody's praising. You have you know, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper as your two mains, but then you have Sam Elliott playing Bradley Cooper's Jackson Maine's brother. You get... Dave Chappelle in his first acting role in years, Andrew Dice Clay, uh, Rafi Gavron. There was, it's a pretty solid cast. Um, this was originally going to be directed by Clint Eastwood and had Beyonce as the lead. If you can believe that with Christian Bale, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, Johnny Depp and Will Smith all in talks for the male lead. So that would have been a completely different movie. I feel only, like only Christian Bale could have made this good of those people. 
I feel like yeah. I would, I'm I'm somewhat curious about Will Smith. No, too much charisma. No. Um, yeah. I feel like that's what works <laughs> for this movie, though. Is that I mean, like while Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper are huge stars, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga both transform themselves in ways that make them not seem as big as they are. To where it's like you forget that's Bradley Cooper or Lady Gaga in that role. Like you're not sitting yeah, Lady there. Lady Gaga went went totally normcore on this mm-hmm. and that's like what what makes it work like like i don't know previous to the marketing of this movie i'm not sure i knew what lady gaga actually looked like <laughs> because she never looks the same yeah um, one of is my there... content of the week recommends this week is going to be uh on the stephen colbert uh late night youtube channel there's a 30 minute uncut interview with lady gaga about this film it's very interesting and uh that's one thing she actually talked about is she was like everyone is like oh my gosh it's so good to actually see you as like you and she was like that's not me that's ally this is me she's like i'm lady gaga (laughs) like the moment the film was done i dyed my hair platinum blonde to like let ally go and go back to being lady gaga who i really am and i was like wow that's that's fascinating because i actually had the same thought as you trevor of like oh Uh lady gaga looks so normal that's not lady gaga that's ally nope which is funny because it's like there's a comment made in the movie about like we need to dye your hair platinum yeah Uh and it's like that's so weird to hear with it being lady gaga yeah yeah i she's one of those like um and i've thought this for a while she's one of those like prince david bowie types like i don't think she sees the world the way that most people do i don't no, think she's that amazing she, like experiences reality the same way that most of us normals do no mm-hmm. that being so, said yeah, who's think, who's the standout okay. in the cast for you guys that's that's the real like the real breadwinner of this who's this who's a standout if you could only give one Academy Award to this cast, and honestly, I think that this film could easily get three best uh, best acting Academy Awards. Uh, well, we'll start with I want to start with Sam Elliott because okay. Sam Elliott only plays one character, and it's Sam Elliott, and it doesn't <laughs> matter because he's just awesome. Mm-hmm. He just Sam Elliott is. I almost feel bad for him. He's like a man out of time. He should have been born in like the 1850s so that he could be in the Old West slinging guns. No, because now he's making a freaking um, killing looking like he belongs in the 1850s slinging guns. <laughs> I, I, that him. mustache is guess, crisp. Uh, oh my goodness. Ugh, that is a broom if I ever saw one. <laughs> Just Tom Selleck perfect. is jealous of that mustache. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think... I mean, I think everyone's great. I think Lady Gaga is the one who really takes the cake here. I also, in my notes about acting that I wrote, I have Dave Chappelle question mark. Like, why? <laughs> what? What? What's the character doing? Let's what, not worry th- about that's it. Like, we got Dave Chappelle in a movie. Let's just be grateful. And I mean, I don't think he was bad. He was very earnest. I love earnest Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was weird do you feel like he was a too big of a star to like play that small of a role kind of i I think i can't separate his performance from how kind of weird that few minutes of the movie was for me Mm. um but but anyway yeah acting overall is fantastic i think that 
the performances that Bradley Cooper was able to get from himself and others were very good. Yeah. For me, I don't think you can give it to Lady Gaga or Bradley Cooper without giving it to the other because this is such a a duo performance. Mm -hmm. Um, They both do such a good job of playing off of each other and trusting each other. You can feel the trust between the performers on screen. And that is something that a lot of times you can't feel between characters interacting with each other. Like you feel the trust, you feel the charisma. I believed that these were real people in this real relationship going through these real things. Like it was fantastic. And I I, want to praise Lady Gaga. Like who freaking knew that she could do this? Like, uh, apparently Bradley Cooper did kudos to him for casting her. But I, I just want to, I've loved this film so much since seeing it that I've done a lot of research on it. I just really want to give it up to Bradley Cooper who not only gives a great performance and (coughs) went through a lot to do that performance. I mean, he learned guitar for six months from Willie Nelson's son, Lucas Wilson. Um, uh, he he changed his voice for six months with a vocal coach and then learned how to sing in that style. Uh, he wrote a lot of the songs. He then directed a amazing movie with amazing performances while being in the movie. I mean, um, and this is his first ever movie. Screw him. Like, this is your first movie? Are you serious? Um, <laughs> it, he's also the voice of Rocket Raccoon. That's the thing is it's like you see you see this performance – and this vocal performance, like I would buy a Bradley Cooper album, like from this, yeah. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's incredible what he's able to do with his performance, but also the trust that he has on screen visibly with, with Lady Gaga and the performance that they give together. Um, I think that's the performance that needs to be, uh, winning an award. But if I'm being honest, I think Lady Gaga is the one that's going to get it. Yeah, I think Gaga, Bradley Cooper, Sam Elliott could all win. Um, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Dice Clay gets a nomination as yeah, Ali's dad. Uh, so, Jake, you bring up an interesting point of you know the duality of these characters, and something I wanted to talk about is this really is both of their films, and it, it's interesting because this film almost feels like it has like a halfway point and at that halfway point everything switches so the first half of the movie we're in this like rock country uh world of bradley cooper with Allie as like if bradley cooper's at 60 percent, she's at 40 percent. they're very close um as far as like whose story it is and then like halfway through the film it shifts and Bradley Cooper's at 40, and Lady Gaga's at 60. Um, and we go to this more, like, pop world of alleys. And that's, as I sat and thought about this movie afterwards, it's such a beautiful, like, duality between these two worlds and and showing such a subtle shift between all these things. Did you guys at, at any point feel like, oh, this is really one person's film? Or the whole time where you guys enthralled in like both people because I, I i'm so curious about how everybody's reacting to this balance between the two characters because i think that's why like as jake brought up that's why it works for me it's the story of one relationship that involves two 
artists, one at the beginning of her career and one at the end of his. And the conflict that is created in a relationship like that. That's what this movie's about. Um, And I think it's addressed beautifully. Like, I think it brings up a lot of issues that are in the music industry and the creative industry right now of just like a focus on the big, the loud, the simple. Um, God, the song that's her performance on SNL is just like when you're watching it, you're just like, this is not her mm-hmm. at all, which is so funny because it's what, Lady Gaga. What her process, right. What her process was for writing that song. Yeah. I, Cause it's so different from everything else. Yeah. And I mean, it's intentionally. So that's yeah. just kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. And you know, I think it like substance abuse, obviously it's about that. And I, I don't want to get too spoilery, but um, it, it just addresses a lot of things that I think is, really relevant and it does it in a, in a really really good way like there's only a few bands that continue through the test of time like there's one the eagles you know there's mm-hmm. there's only a few bands <laughs> that are still touring like 20 years into their career right. yeah like um and so it, it i think it talks about that really well you know like what what happens to those guys that just kind of like fade away into the night um yeah it it, it what does it mean to be an artist? Like that's another great thing that this film talks about. So, uh, I I'd say it's about their relationship and the struggles that those two specific characters go through in that relationship. Yeah. I think it starts as Jackson's movie and it ends as Allie's movie. And I think, I mean, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say this, it's really the story of Allie, but there's this there's this great dichotomy and i want to i i really want to watch this movie again um to kind of get the better feel for this but you know there's the there's the rock and roll versus pop first second half there's also the like dating versus marriage first second half Mm -hmm. and we kind of really see the dichotomy of how their relationship works and those two things yeah they don't stop loving each other and they don't they they're together but it but the way that that manifests itself is really different and i think is really authentic as far as kind of the difference between a dating and a marriage relationship and it's also like if we're talking those dualities it's also like the drunkenness of like blurred blur like trying to get all the problems out and just like stay in this cloud of above your problems versus like coming off of that, uh, substance and realizing the mess of everything around you in between like the first and second half. Cause it's that first half is like really kind of fun and like gives you chills and is, you know, a good watch. And then, but he's drunk the entire time. And then the second half is when it's like, you start to actually see all of the damage that comes from that. Let's talk let's talk music from this movie cuz it this is a music movie so let's let's talk music especially <laughs> um you know Jake you brought up the pop music that Lady Gaga that was such an awkward like or not awkward because obviously she's in the movie so she wrote the songs but it's just like it feels like such a dig against modern pop of which Lady Gaga is somewhat a part of and so 
that was just that was a weird thing to watch but what's what's the commentary that you guys think that they're trying to make here on like are they saying that like pop music is too commercialized like what's what are they trying to get at because i feel like that's a very nuanced thing especially since lady gaga is a pop artist i think i think this film i mean one of its key themes it has a lot of this film has a lot to say and i think that it one of the remarkable things about this film is that it says a lot and nothing really gets muddled and everything comes across. Um, but it's, it's about authenticity and that's what Jackson is like always talking about is authenticity and saying what you have to say, not what, not saying what people want to hear, but saying what you have to say. And I think that you can say authentic things with any kind of music, I think that pop music, because of a lot of things that surround it and the way that the industry works, um, maybe more easily lends itself to being inauthentic. But also, I would argue that modern radio country music also does the same thing. Um, But yeah, it's it's I think it's about, you know, forgetting who you are and why you love what you do. Um, which is why, I mean, I sympathize a lot with Jackson and what he's warning Allie about. He, I don't think he does it in the right way. He comes across like a jerk because he is a jerk a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, I think that the way this movie uses the music to follow the pattern of what its characters are doing is really interesting. Um, you know, we open with just like a straight up, just rock and roll song and we just kind of get this flow of the f- music through the film that follows the story really well. And I think that's a maybe, I mean, obviously intentional, but something that, that didn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily always happen in movies like this. Yeah. I, I think, I think it comes back to like kind of what you were saying, Trevor, and what Jackson was saying is like, uh, you have to have something to say. And I think that's really what it's commenting on with music, like especially pop music. So much pop music is just noise. And I think we experience that with the song that Allie performs on SNL. Um, and it, we're, we're talking about the difference, like how it feels weird that Lady Gaga is doing that. So Lady Gaga makes pop songs, but she makes amazing pop songs that actually have things to say. And she's incredibly mm-hmm. talented, not only as a performer, but as a writer. And I think that's why it felt weird, you know, cause you're watching it and she's just like saying these stupid words over and over again with this ridiculous dancing outfit. But Lady Gaga does the same thing, but her lyrics have a, a, a strength behind them, a meaning behind them. And when she performs it, there is a passion behind it. And you're like, Oh man, she's got something to say. She's saying this. Um, mm. I think that that's what it's commenting on with, with music. Um, and I think also it has an interesting commentary on relationships with destructive people. Um, yeah. like relationships with, with people with issues, people with, um, substance abuse habits. Like uh, that's something that I think isn't addressed super often in films. And when it, when it is addressed, it isn't handled in the best way. And I think, I think this film does a really good job at handling that, that balance of loving someone, uh, selflessly, 
even through their problems. Um, and are we in spoilers? We we can dig. Let, let's go ahead and get into spoilers now because that's kind of where we're okay. at in the movie wise. All right. Um, I was gonna say like even I don't agree with it, but you can even like argue the ending of Jackson's suicide of him weirdly doing that selflessly for Allie's career. You know? Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, um, I think that's like the weird thing is that oftentimes, and even in this film, it's like they paint it as after his death when, you know, Sam Elliott's talking to Lady Gaga about it and he's like, it's no one's fault other than his. In his eyes, and you see it and they paint it so perfectly of how it's like, it's not about him being like, and at least in his mind, he's like, this it's I'm not trying to be selfish in fact it's like I'm trying to be unselfish because I know that she'll never leave me but I'm just going to destroy her career and her as a person more importantly Mm -hmm. and so that's his choice is like I'm going to leave I mean quote unquote leave because of that yeah Uh, and it's it's hard to watch I mean that was that was such a brutal like the way they filmed that of like just him getting out of the car and it's just like belly button to like like hand like knees almost and you just see like the belt in his hand and he's already like talked about earlier in the film when he was at rehab about how he tried to hang himself when he was younger and with a belt and so like you see that belt and you instantly know what's happening and the whole time you're just sitting there as an audience member going like, Oh, please, no, please like driver show up now to come bring him to the show. (laughs) Or like, you're just like pleading and that's, it's just heartbreaking to watch that. Yeah. Like once again, obviously don't condone that action. Um, but it, it was handled, not handled well, but it was delivered well. I think that that's, that's the right way to phrase it, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a super... The weird thing is it's like it's such a satisfying movie in terms of, like, I love it. I think it's amazing. The music's fantastic. Performances are fantastic. But it's also a really heavy movie that has a lot to say, which right. is what makes it great, you know? It has something yeah, to say. The, and, and my showing the end titles rolled and the music is still playing, and I was just sitting there, and then, like, the, peop- the people started next to me started talking about what they were going to go eat and i was like what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> yeah like, I, like either especially do after that, that outside ending. of the theater but like how are you going to come away from this and the credits roll after that ending and you decide oh yeah i'm hungry yeah what, how where is your brain especially watching that, the same like, movie that i'm watching that beautiful end shot of ali just singing that song that he wrote and then it just cuts to him singing it originally on the piano that part like took like i, I this oh, yeah. is a cheesy saying was, but like took my breath so, away like i like <gasps> type moment yeah 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 that was awful filmmaking but it worked really well yeah oh i loved it i that I was that I, moment was literally the moment that i was like yep this is one of the best movies of the year i know like who that's that's a pretty that's a pretty audacious decision to make as a director Mm -hmm. yeah to do that like like the big (sighs) moment of your movie your vocalist is singing a big song lady gaga like the biggest pop star in the world (laughs) right Right. you just like like nope slice it we're gonna do a flashback to drunk bradley cooper 
stabbing at the piano. Not it yeah, like, so good. It like totally hard works. cut. Not like a let's slowly yeah. fade to this like hard like no, boom. Yeah, like, sound everything yeah. just cut. It was perfect. It 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 did take my breath away too, Cameron. When it when it happened, and then I realized what was happening. I was like, "Oh man, that oh man, I was, that I was, was so smile good. crying." And yeah. then you, you guys smile crying. Yeah, I was. I teared up for sure. But then you end with that shot, like multiple times throughout the film, you get the exact same shot of Allie's eyes, like face, like most of her face. I don't know what you would call it, Jake. Is that like an, a close up or like extreme close up? It know. was it was a very tight close up, but you get that same shot multiple times. Like you get it when she's singing La Vie en Rose. You get it during their wedding. You get it. Um, there's another point in the movie. I don't remember exactly what it was, but then you get it at the end of the movie too. You get it like it's almost this like check in of like where she at emotionally, and every time it's this like as simple as it is, but it's like a portrait into where she is in the movie, and it's you see a different version of her every time they do that. And it's so like simple, but works so effectively in the context of the movie. And at that moment, a star is born. Oh, breaks my heart. Did you guys, did you guys notice her hair was brown again? It was back to her natural color. Yeah. Yeah. And she said that her name, which which for the first time you hear her say, my name's Allie Maine. You don't hear right. her say like I'm just right. Allie. Yeah. So I think I think that means that her second album is going to be much better than her first album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully yeah. so. Hopefully she gets rid of Rafi. Yeah. Screw that oh. guy. What a d bag that guy was. So let yeah. me ask you guys this. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask one question. Just give me a one word answer. Is there a bad song in this movie? Not that I can remember. Only the one that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Don't you bring that ass around me in those jeans or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So bad. I love how mad he is about that lyric. It's so good. Oh, that bathtub scene, though, is the most, like... He's such a, like, tool about how he says it and how he, yeah. like, brings it up. But you're like, yeah, I agree with him. Like... Yeah, he's he's bringing some truths in a really awful way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so then let me the flip side. What's the best song in the film? If only one of these songs gets to win the Academy Award for best song, what's that song? I mean, it's going to be Shallow. Like it's yeah. Shallow. Yeah. So the problem the the biggest problem I have with this movie is that it's crescendo moment was in like the first 25 minutes (laughs) but that's Um, almost okay so that's that's what i love is like you hit that and that's like that's as good as it gets and it makes everything else so much more heartbreaking to see that downward Uh, spiral from there that's that's the song that i can't get out of my brain i woke up at like 2 a.m to go to the bathroom and it was it was there in my head it's just the way that they sing it, the 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 raw rawness, yeah, is that a word? The rawness of the lyrics, and then her vocals. Oh my goodness! I think I think that's I think that's the song. I think that um, "Always Remember Us This Way" is also great, and I think that um, 
maybe it's time is also great maybe but it's but maybe it's time song. is i mean that's a jason isbell song so it's gonna be it's, great. i mean it even yeah. it even like it's it's so much a jason isbell song he didn't write <laughs> like a throwaway song for this no. no like that is the whole jason isbell ethos in that yeah. song i also like the song is that all right i don't think it's really in the movie that long but on the soundtrack it's a full like it's three and a half minutes and it's uh-huh. just a gaga song and it's pretty great um <laughs> man what about why did you do that do that do that do that do oh, that my, yeah me. that's the to that's me. the one i was talking about yeah <laughs> gosh that song is so bad yeah. yeah um yeah shallow shallow and maybe it's time even i'll never love again like as as corny as it is the performance that is given uh-huh. at the end oh my goodness see um, that felt I, I don't know. I've I've not seen the 1976 version with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson, but that had like a heavy Streisand vibe to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Just like the look, the feel, the type of song. And I think that was intentional, of course. Yeah. But um, I, I, I'm actually very interested in watching that version of the movie now. Yeah. After after seeing this, because apparently I'm, a lot of, there's a lot of little things that are references to things that happened in the previous films. Supposedly that movie's complete garbage, and from what I've <laughs> heard, people who have watched this and then gone and watched that have made that seem even worse. So may, maybe <laughs> give it some time. Also, I do want to say the opening song on the soundtrack and in the movie uh, Black Eyes, written by Lucas Nelson, is a legit rock and roll song, and it's really good. Yeah. 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 I, like, I just can't believe that this is Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> like, playing the guitar know, parts and stuff. That's the crazy thing is, like, so all of the performances in this film are live. They actually performed them at like festivals and stuff and filmed yeah, and tracked shot the audio twenty like that is not dubbed yeah. over that is a real performance by the artists um and lady gaga talks about that in the stephen colbert interview that i recommended where she's like when i watch a movie it drives me nuts because i can tell that like oh, yeah. that wasn't sung in that room because it sounds different and yep. lady gaga told that to bradley cooper when he wanted to cast her she said i will only do it if we record everything live and he was like, yes. okay, well, then we got to figure this out, how to do all this live. And um, you- knowing that, it like even elevates it even higher and also elevates the cinematography even higher, which is fantastic in this movie. We could talk yeah. about that in a that little was, bit. That was the recording is something that I think the movie that really changed this, at least in my mind, was the, the Les Mis that Tom Hooper did in 2012, um, where everything was recorded live on the stage as the actors were acting and it was one of the great musical films of all time and i i watched um this is sort of an aside but i watched the greatest showman uh a few weeks ago for the first time and one it's an awful movie i couldn't believe <laughs> whoa, how bad it is whoa it's 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 so bad trevor the music is fun and nice but the movie is really bad um Zendaya is is criminally underused, criminally underused. Um, but the, the, one of the big things of that movie is I could tell it's not recorded, and it pulled me out of the thing so quickly. Um, but like you were saying, Jake, this movie sounds so good, it looks so good. the The music photography that's going on here is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the the eye that everyone that the the crew had for that is just so good let's hit the cinematography real quick um matthew lee batik i think that's how you say it also shot venom so he's having a hell of a weekend um but man this movie looks so good and it looks so good in a way that's not distracting and tells the story like the lens choices of when we're with Bradley Cooper and he's drunk, we're on a super wide anamorphic lens that is like, like disorientingly wide and flary. And you, like when he's on stage and he's like high on something, you feel that with him. The lighting is amazing. It's not distracting. It feels really natural. The camera movements. I mean, everything is just like the framing in on Lady Gaga's faces and these like transcendent moments where the character takes like it's a new chapter in the character and the framing, like you said, Cameron, of those super tight close ups on her eyes. Um, I mean, it, this this movie just like looks so good with the conditions that they shot stuff in is I don't know. It's just really impressive. And I felt like the cinematography is something that isn't being praised as much as it should be because literally everything else in this movie is so good. So, uh, well done, Matthew Libatique. It was a beautifully shot film. Yep. I completely agree. Every, everything felt so real and natural, but it also had this feeling of like, uh, everywhere there, everywhere has this just like atmosphere that you want to go to, like wherever they are. Yeah. You're like, Oh, that looks like a great place to be. And I was never distracted by the cinematography. That's like, no. there's a difference between a shot being beautiful and a shot serving the story. And a lot of cinematographers focus on a beautiful shot. Um, never was I pulled out of the story because something looks so good. I was always like, pulled further in because it told the story so well visually and the perfection of those two is called blade runner 2049 (laughs) yes Um, okay well do you guys have any final thoughts on this film before we get to our ratings i have i have two things we haven't talked about that i wanted to um the first that scene between Jackson and Bobby, his brother, when, when, when Bobby's driving him home from rehab and the way that Jack, like, like a 14 year old says, you were the one I admire, not dad and shut the door and walked away. And then his brother backing out of the driveway as quickly as possible to get out of there is an incredibly authentic display of emotions and relationship. That was unfortunately um, the only moment in the film where I couldn't understand what Bradley Cooper was saying. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was in like the second or third row, but it was in one of those like recliner theaters. So I wasn't like super close up to the screen, but I think I just, I just wasn't in like the perfect convergence of the audio or something. So I kind of missed that, uh-huh. but I could definitely like tell I was like, Oh, something emotional and sweet just happened. So good. And just the way that he says it, like as fast as he can, and just like shuts the door and walks inside is is so good yeah um the other thing we didn't talk about is uh charlie the dog the best boy (laughs) who is bradley cooper's actual dog 13 out of 10 um and did you say the best boy yeah the the best boy not like like not a good boy well he also wasn't boy. the electrician on set <laughs> yeah so. no, he also did not work he did not work with the electric crew but i would love well, it if I mean, there was like an did. award given to a dog every year at the academy awards and it was just called best boy <laughs> that would be great um 
but the the idea that he okay so i thought when i first watched it i thought that the suicide was a spur of the moment thing but thinking back he cooks a full steak for his dog yeah mm-hmm before so i mean i think that's a really big clue that this was i mean he he pulls the truck out of the garage not to go anywhere but to get out of the way so but i think that just this this beautifully morbid picture of him cooking the steak for the dog as like right before he's going to commit suicide is just this like really haunting interesting thing to me that i that i I kept coming back to when i was thinking about this movie and then the dog, like that shot of like his body in the garage and the dog Ugh. just sitting outside. Oof. And that slow-mo pushing shot of the police cars, sirens, like, uh-huh. oh, that yeah. was a great shot too. Yep. That like yep. you could feel the emotion. Oh. This is how the, the last, the last, that, that sequence is like a masterclass in showing and not telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's visual filmmaking. That's how you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to our ratings for this film. Uh, Jake, what do you rate this film? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm super high on this movie. I can't stop thinking about it, and I can't stop, can't stop singing it. I mean, the songs have been in my head since the moment I left the theater, um, and I'm not mad about it. Uh, but I want to see it again before I, I dish out the A+, which is a rare thing. But it's an A for sure, probably an A+. This is definitely top five of the year so far maybe even top three it might even be my number one um i I love this movie so yeah i'm it's an a a plus trevor um this movie is um almost all the way into the deep end (laughs) like your feet are like six inches are we far from the shallows now we are very far from the shallows now okay. in this movie. And that's a good thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, this, yeah, I agree, Jake. It's, I, I even told some of my coworkers, I said, I think it's a really good movie. I don't think it's like a, you have to see it or a transcendent movie, but I think it might be. And I, I may have been wrong about that on first, just first think, um, definitely need to see it again. Um, wish I had time to see it in theaters again. Don't think it's going to happen, but, um, same thing, Jake. Can't get it out of my head. The songs are so good. The characters um, are fantastic. This is just this is a great movie. Um, one of the uh, three or four best I've seen this year, definitely. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I rarely give out an A plus. It's an on a first viewing, it's an A for me. It's like Jake said, top five. I mean, it's up there with Annihilation, A Quiet Place, Mission Impossible. Like it's eighth grade it's up there with all those films for me i think that's my top five wow that was a lot easier than i thought um, <laughs> um suicide's such a difficult subject to translate to screen because sometimes it comes off so inauthentic but i feel like this film handles it in such a mature way um on the other side i just feel like we should say this if you are struggling with depression or having suicidal thoughts, the suicide prevention line is available 24 hours, 1-800-273-8255. You can reach out there. It is just to put this out there. It is, there is always somebody out there that loves you. There's always somebody out there that cares for you. There is always somebody out there 
uh, rooting for you to win. So it's reach out, talk to somebody. Uh, there's always somebody out there to talk to. Um, but that's all we have for our review of A Star is Born. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our content of the week. Trevor, what is your content of the week? Uh, I've got two things. One is related to this film. During the scene at the Grammys where they do the Roy Orbison tribute, um, the female vocalist there is Brandy Carlisle, who I've talked about several times in this podcast, but I recommend literally every song that Brandy Carlisle has ever sang or written. Um, her most recent album was called By the Way I Forgive You. It's amazing. So is the one before that, The Firewatcher's Daughter. Highly recommend. If you like the music from this movie, especially the more country rock and roll kind of stuff, then I think you'll like Brandy Carlisle. Um, my other thing is, uh, this past weekend, my wife and I watched Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. <laughs> Rogers documentary from earlier this, earlier this year, and it is amazing. Um, it's an incredibly well-made movie, and they talk to a lot of people who experience different Mr. Rogers in different ways. There's some beautiful original animation in it. Um, and it just shows, it's a look into, I mean, obviously we all know Mr. Rogers is amazing and great, uh, just a great person he was, but I think this, this put him for me on that kind of like genius level that I was talking about that Lady Gaga, David Bowie, Prince, Steve Jobs, just people who don't see the world the same way that most people do. And and he used that vision to create such a positive impact on the world that still reaches out. And I mean, I can't wait for my daughter to watch Mr. Rogers neighborhood because what he teaches in that show is is truly transcendent and so i highly recommend this this documentary it's so good yeah i already mentioned um check out the stephen colbert late show interview with uh lady gaga the in-depth uncut version they've been doing that putting out the uncut version of their interviews which all of them are fantastic so check them out um but my other recommend is a friend of mine in the filmmaking world uh, released a short film recently and is actually working on a feature film that's, I guess, fortunately and unfortunately, very similar to A Star is Born. Uh, and it, it's my friend Ryan Booth. Um, he's an incredibly talented filmmaker, and he directed his first short film called The Heights. And it's about a, uh, a duo, a band coming up, and it's like the big moment that they're, they're about to make it and get signed and all of the conflict that happens in that moment. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to not going to give it away but it's just it's really well done and is a further look into kind of the behind the curtain of the music industry and he has a feature coming out soon so excited for that guy check it out uh, my recommends of the week are eighth grade which is now out on blu-ray and digital as of today october 9th uh, it will also be screening at 100 middle schools across the country on october 22nd so if you want more information on that there's a website that you can go to that I don't have pulled up right now, but I should. And so I'm somewhat vamping as I talk so that I can go to the website called thisis.eighthgrade.movie where you can go and request a screening and then they will pick um, areas in which to screen the film. So that's Eighth Grade, directed by Bill Burnham. <coughs> my second recommend is one of my favorite musicians, Gregory Allen Isakov put out a new album this past week called Evening Machines. Uh, he He's an incredible musician. He did a record a couple years ago uh, where he performed a bunch of his songs with the Colorado Symphony behind him. He's just a really great singer-songwriter guy and uh, from Boulder, Colorado. So gotta love that. And uh, yeah, 
go check that out that's all we have for this week's episode though we'll be back next week uh with a new review of either first man or bad times at the el royale do you guys have a preference first man come on now first man for sure first man in imax in imax uh, yeah, so it looks like we'll be back next week with a review of First Man. If you've enjoyed listening to us, please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review us, share us with your friends and family. Let them know if you guys go see a movie together. Hey, there's a podcast out there that kind of breaks down the movie afterwards. It's fun to listen to. That would be very kind of you, and we would love that. If you want to know more about us, you can go to our website at popcornoptional.com, where you can find out more about who each of us are, as well as links about how to get in contact with us. If you want to interact with us, though, the best way to interact with us is on Twitter at PopcornOptional. My name is Cameron Salina. You can find me online at 321CamiTime. Jake, where can we find you online? You can find me on Instagram at JakeBrown.TV. That's also my website, so yeah, check it out. Trevor. Twitter and Instagram at Turbo Trevor. Until next time, we hope you have a great week. Watch some movies, and in the words of Michael Scott, we'll be back ASAP as possible. Bye.